Welcome into episode 104 of the Skate Podcast. I'm Brian D. Felice, joined by Bridget Pru, and we come to you today because uh, the Bruins had some, uh, some some pretty important signings today, Bridget, and they chose specifically when our own Scott McLaughlin decided to take his only vacation of the last probably five years. Um, he's over he's over across the pond in England watching. Watching soccer. No, he's, he's in Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> he's that... in Edinburgh. I we texted him today. I said I texted you guys this morning. I was like, "What's the plan?" And he's like, "I'm just gonna walk around Edinburgh and drink some beer." I was like, "Okay, Scott, that's not what I meant. I meant we're, uh, when do you want to talk about the Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci signings?" Because uh, we got both of those contracts this morning, and then I was like, "Okay, Brian, what do you want to do?" Because clearly Scott is tapping out on this podcast. I was hoping we could get him to like join us live from a bar in Edinburgh, like, oh, like buzz in a little bit and get him get him on here with his because he's really great with the the whole salary cap explanations. Um, we're gonna try our best, but Scott's Scott's the guy when it comes to you know how much this understanding how much the caps are going to hit next season. Um, Cause it's kind of a complicated thing they had to work out with Bergeron and Krejci seeing as they're so tight to the cap this season. It was a lot of finagling that had to go down, but yeah, so Scott won't be joining us. Unfortunately, I, I really wanted to hear his, uh, his drunk opinion about what happened, but you know, it, this news comes pretty late and he took his vacation mid-August or early to mid-August because he thought, you know, this this deal will certainly be done before that, but he was wrong. And uh, so here we are, August 8th, and finally we get that Bergeron um, and Krejci deals both done. And I got to talk to Bergeron earlier today. He had a presser right around 1 p.m. where he went on for about a half an hour about – a bunch of different things about how, how his conversations with uh, his new head coach Montgomery have been going um, about, you know, how excited he is to have Krejci back, why he decided not to retire yet. Um, and a bit of talk about why it took so long for him to finalize this deal. And uh, obviously it was speculated that a lot of it had to do with the cap and trying to, coincidentally do these deals with Zaka and Krejci. And so all three of those deals get done today. We can go into the details of that and uh, the timeline of that and some of the other things Bergeron has said, because he also updated um, his health um, and his timeline. So uh, especially with the Bruins dealing with all the injuries heading into the regular season where they're going to be missing McAvoy and Grizzlick and Marshawn uh, for a chunk of the start of the season. So Bergeron uh, gave an update on his elbow. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, this is um, last week when we spoke, it was I think I started off the podcast by just saying it was it was one of the most just dry podcasts we've we ever had to prep for. Um, of course, we, you know, we, we made it entertaining as hell. But I'm just saying, like going into that <laughs> podcast, there was like there was just no news like in the hockey world it for was- a month. It was a very weird week. It was like the hottest week I can remember in the most boring hockey week of all time. And now mm-hmm. finally we're we're going to get back into the swing of things because, uh, you know, preseason starts next month. Everybody's getting back and um, pretty much at throughout this point of the summer, a lot of the training that people have been doing has just been conditioning. But now they're getting back into more hockey drills are going to start, you know, practicing. And so we're <laughs> they needed to get this all finished before 
teams went back and did captain's practice. And I mean, I guess if you don't know who your captain is, right. <laughs> you're not running a captain's <laughs> practice very easily. So uh, the Bruins got that squared away yeah. today. Yeah, Oscar Steen's like, I'll be the captain. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so let's just get into it. So um, earlier this morning, the Bruins social media team, you know, they, uh, they sent out a, a, a video or a gif of Bergeron winking and shortly thereafter, um, they announced that Bergeron has re-signed with the Boston Bruins for um, one season. Um, it was it's a base salary of one point five million with a one million dollar signing bonus. So Bergeron essentially signed for um, two and a half million dollars, but he gets an additional two and a half million dollars in bonuses if he uh, plays ten games this season. Which is funny because I'm pretty sure like that's. A hypothetical that Scott said like a month ago. He was like, "The Bruins will probably sign him for something, something low base salary, and then they'll they'll add a bonus for, for something stupid like he just has to play ten games." And we all just kind of laughed well, about basically, it. Well, basically, yeah, basically, it's to make it clear, like, yeah, this isn't because we think like it's not like a goal incentive. It's not like one. Of, so you hear some NFL contracts where it's like these are all incentives. This guy's never going to hit. He's never going to throw this many touchdowns. Like, no, it was supposed to be pretty obvious. Like, yeah. this is. Because you're worth five million, so we're gonna give you the two and a half, and then the two and a half extra in incentives, and so that they get that done. Um, and Krejci, the the deal with Krejci is um, a million uh, with a potential for two million more in incentives. So those are two heavy incentive laden deals they get done. Because we we mentioned another way they might be able to fit under the cap would be to make a trade. Um, and by the way, just to be clear, they're not under the cap right now. They're $2 million over the cap after they signed Zaka as well uh, a few hours after they they announced the Krejci and Bergeron thing. So they're technically over the cap. But we mentioned that one of the ways they could have gotten under it was uh, a trade, which did not happen um, as of right now. So they decided to, instead of clear cap space that way um, and give, you know, count more of the cap towards this year, they decided to kick the can down the road a little bit, give Mm -hmm. uh, Bergeron and Krejci the incentives. That stuff will carry over to next year. Um, And so they they decide to go this route. And obviously it remains to be seen whether or not they're going to need to clear out, because they do need to clear out $2.2 million worth of space here and find a way to get under the cap uh, before the season starts. So, uh, you know, their cap, NHL, NHL cap this year is 82 and a half million and the Bruins are just over 84 and a half uh, million dollars spent. So they still yeah. have to find a way to, to get under that and, you know, wonder if there's a trade coming or, you know, we, we've mentioned a few things about, you know, Felino um, burying him in Providence or what, what may or may not happen with him. But uh, you know, that that's the new question, I guess, going forward is how they get under this cap. Yeah. So, and we'll we'll get we'll get into that. So let's just briefly let's just briefly break down the other two deals just to, just so that everybody has an idea of how of how this works this year and next year, which you've already hit on a little bit. But so, so like we said, so Bergeron's gonna be two and a half million dollars this season, and we'll leave that there for this. So for twenty twenty two twenty twenty three, let's say Bergeron is two and a half million. Okay, Krejci for twenty twenty two twenty twenty three is. 1 million. So your number one and number two centers for this upcoming season will only cost you three and a half million dollars against the cap. And next and year. And Charlie Coyle is going <laughs> to cost you 5.2 yeah. against the cap. Yeah. yeah. So. That's a story for a different day. And then 
Now, so so Bergeron, so Bergeron and Krejci for 2022, 2023, they're gonna cost you, like I said, three and a half million dollars combined for your top two centers. Next year, whether they're here or not, they will cost you at least four and a half million because Bergeron is gonna hit his 10 game uh, bonus, and we don't know what Krejci's is yet. Um, but I have to imagine that his $2 million bonus will be something relatively easy as well. So right now for this coming season, you got $3.5 million against the cap for Bergeron and Krejci. And then Pavel Zaka signed for one year, $3.5 million as well. So as Bridget said, the uh, the salary cap is about $82.5 million, um, and the Bruins right now are at about $84.5 million. Um, so with that said, Bridget, like you mentioned, there's like Nick Felino, there's Chris Wagner. They're gonna have to, you know, like you said, get you know, get rid of some of that somehow. It, but if they don't, then the option would be um, putting a few guys on long-term uh, injury reserve to start the year until they can figure out how to free up, you know, or get uh, alleviate some of that some of that expenses. But Bergeron and Krejci, make no mistake about it. Um, and it's not like Don didn't know this. Don knew that that these guys were character guys, and he knew that they were going to take a hometown discount. So it's not like it's not like Don Sweeney kind of lucked into them taking hometown discounts because he he's known that they were going to like for a while now. I mean, it's I would have to imagine. I'm not I'm not saying it's like optimal to like rely on that, but. It's not like Don Sweeney was like caught off guard, like, oh, wait, you guys are going to take hometown discounts for me? Like, he knew that that was going to be the case. So it's Don Sweeney, you know, um, he know, he understands the situation he is in in Boston. He understands the players that he has, how long they've been here, their loyalty to the franchise. So he he, he understood that, and, he, and, he, and he, he played to that strength. And, you know, is it fortunate for Sweeney that Krejci and Bergeron are going to um, – for another year, keep this team very competitive and kind of cover up some of the blemishes that they would otherwise have. Yep, absolutely. But again, he knows the environment he's working in. He knows the team that's around him and the the standard that is set and and their expectations, which is you know to at least make the playoffs and contend. Um, so Bergeron and Krejci did him a favor, but he also knew that favor was coming. Does that make any sense? It does. It makes sense. And, and it doesn't mean he's, you know, he's still lucky for it either way. Bergeron, when asked by, by, by the media today about, you know, the number on this, on this deal and, and the way that it's laid out, he said, he, he confirmed that that's the reason why it took so long and that him and his agent and Sweeney had spent a, a long, a lot of time uh, trying to figure out how to make this work. And that for him, he said it was, the, the main thing for him was that there was enough left. It was never about like getting himself the money. It was always about making sure there was going to be enough left for Krejci and whomever else. And he mentioned a few times, it was about making the team leaving enough cap space for the team to be as competitive as possible. Um, so for that, what that means is to get Krejci and Zaka both under, under the cap, not have to trade maybe a defenseman. And then that way they keep this team uh, a viable playoff contender and and they really are again um a threat in the east to make a deeper run with this team i think uh it's a better roster than last year already uh with the addition of Krejci and you know zock is going to be a decent player as well the question is how does the season start how do they tread water without 
um, you know, Grizzlick and McAvoy and Marshawn and uh, make it so that by, you know, Thanksgiving, <laughs> it's not too far to, to make that run from behind Bergeron of course, likes to spin things like adversity is, you know, only going to be there to help the team. If you can make it through that, you know, the adversity makes the team stronger. Uh, that's the mentality they're going into the season with. And that's obviously what Bergeron's going to be um, reiterating throughout the first month of, month of the season. Yeah. And that's exactly the mindset that they have to take, right? I mean, you and I and Scott were sitting here, you know, um, Quite frankly, ever since the season came to an end and the Bruins announced the – actually, more so when the Bruins announced the surgeries to Marshan and McAvoy and Grizzly, which all kind of came in like a week span, kind of caught everybody off guard, the, the duration of these surgery recoveries. And we were like, well, shit, like, you know, if if Bergeron doesn't come back – we hadn't really started talking about Krejci yet because it didn't really surface as much. It was like if Bergeron doesn't resign, this team has no chance to – to um, stay with their head above water out of the gate because not only are you down your top defenseman, top left wing, and, you know, another top four defenseman, but you also just lost your number one center because he hasn't resigned yet. And who's your number two center, Halla? So it was it was very much like, how does this team stay afloat? Those That, that concern's not as large anymore. I mean, you have – when you start the season – you know, if your if your top two lines are uh, Taylor Hall, Bergeron, and DeBrusque, and Krejci Hall, uh, Krejci, like Zaka and Pasternak. Actually, no, it would be the, no. Actually, I don't think they would do that. They would probably do, they probably do like Bergeron, Zaka, and DeBrusque, and then maybe try to do Krejci Hall and Pasternak right away. Either way, when you insert Bergeron and Krejci into that top six, now it's a lot more feasible to to stay in the mix for a month and a half to start the season. Don't forget, when the NHL season starts, a lot of teams, are, they're still figuring their their hockey legs out. They're off golfing all summer. The, the they're trying to, uh, some teams are trying to incorporate, you know, new acquisitions, new rookies. New um, systems. Trying out new, new goalie combinations and different things like yes, that. Yes, exactly. New coaches, new systems. And, you know, they're not, they're not, it's not a very smooth operation. So the Bruins can... You know, nobody's going to be at their best in October is my point. So now that you have Krejci and Bergeron, now all of a sudden, you know, it, it, the Bruins can they, they they can now weather that storm. Whereas before, without those two guys in the lineup and no Martian up front, I just didn't see it happening. I just didn't see it happening, to be honest with you. And, no, and yeah. it, sorry, Brian. No, 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 all you. Go ahead. Um, so one of the things, so I, like I mentioned, I was there, I got to, I got to talk to Bergeron for a little bit. I first kind of like passed over this comment that he made. Uh, and then when I went back and was writing my story to make sure like I got all the quotes, uh, written, right. I, I heard this again a second time and I was like, oh, okay. I, I didn't notice this the first time, but Bergeron, uh, I don't know if you think this is a big deal or not a big deal, Brian, but. Bergeron kind of like put his backing behind Don Sweeney, which even if it's just in a little way, I I feel like that's something Don Sweeney needed. He needed his captain to be like, I, you know, he said, this was the quote um, when he was asked about the how he, he thinks his team will be able to do this season in, in the playoffs, maybe take it all the way to the Stanley Cup. He said, I'm really confident. I believe in this team and I believe in management. So even just that little statement about, I believe in management, we hadn't been hearing anyone say that, um, you know, 
any of the players say that, uh, and it's more important coming from the captain, obviously, but with the turmoil that has been surrounding Don Sweeney after he fired Cassidy and after there were a lot of questions, uh, he's had a really rough off season in terms of, um, you know, he's been taking shots from fans, media members, and then Bergeron just kind of quickly dropping in, I believe in management. And do you think, do, does that mean anything to you? Um, no, not really because, um, <laughs> well, I guess, no, I mean, um, I, I think I misunderstood your question. Uh, I think what you meant is, did, was Bergeron intentionally trying to stand up for him in front of everybody? In that case, th- yes, that would mean something. That means he's he's trying he's trying to give the guy some support. But I don't think that I think he always supported him. Um, that's why I said no in the first place because I think I think he's always supported him. I think that um, I think that Bergeron represents the players, obviously, and I think that the players, as you and I were talking offline. They had a. Let's be honest. I'm. I'm not. I'm not like criticizing them for it or, or demonizing them for it. I just think it's the reality. The players had a significant hand in the coaching change, and that's not. I'm not. Again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just like that's reality. What we know is that Don Sweeney talked with talked with Bruce Cassidy after the season, and they were talking about having a change. You know, the, the coaching staff changes that were needed, and then they had player exit interviews. And then all of a sudden something changed and Bruce Cassidy was on a podcast with John Shannon, who's a Canadian broadcaster. Um, and he was asked about this and Bruce pretty much said that he and Don talked after the season, everything seemed fine. And then things went quiet, presumably when he had the exit interviews with the players, the Bruins management went up to Toronto for some prospect outing. And Bruce Cassidy said himself, I believe at that point, they met with ownership in Buffalo and, and had had a conversation. So, um, I think that I think that um, Bergeron has always supported Don Sweeney and Cam Neely, and I think that he really supports Bruce Cassidy as a coach. But um, I guess I'm not surprised that he is backing Don because I think he believes in Don. I really th- I think he's being honest. I just think that Bergeron. Um, I just think he. I I don't think Bergeron thinks that. Bruce Cassidy is the reason that the Bruins lost last year. But I I do think that Bergeron is one of many players and to, to you know, not be upset, to, to kind of support the coaching change. Like, I don't think, if, I'll ask you this, Bridget. If Patrice Bergeron was adamant that they shouldn't fire Bruce Cassidy, I'm not so sure they would have. Like, if, 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 I don't think the Bruins are making that decision without confronting Bergeron about it. I think that he, they value him that much that they probably came to him and said, and, and I don't know, maybe not. I might be I might be grasping at straws there, but I just feel like they respect him so much for what he's done for the last 20 years. I just don't think they're making that big of a decision going into what is going to be maybe his final year now without double-checking, are you okay with this coaching change? Do you want to play for a different coach in your last year? So I yeah, think yeah no, I, I agree with you, obviously. I it, I think Bergeron, which he had made it clear, I I believe this was actually to a Quebec outlet. It was a French interview he gave, but right around the time Cassidy got fired, he was asked, like, did you have any say in this? And he was like, no, obviously not. But um, if it was just a general consensus about, like, the team culture and the team attitude and and how people felt about him, I'm sure Bergeron just truthfully gave the answer about, like, you know, what he hears, what. And so maybe – 
we know it wasn't his final say or anything like that, but uh, you know, that when, when he says something, maybe just even telling the true story about something he's heard from, from one of his teammates. Yeah. Obviously that carries weight. So I just thought it was interesting because he, Don Sweeney has been someone that has gotten little support in Boston since the end of the season. And, you know, Bergeron kind of gave him a little bit of a, a nod during the presser today. Not that that was the most important part, but it was something I picked up on the second time that I I didn't really necessarily think was important the first well, time. Well, I'll give you I'll give you a, a reason why I think Bridget to answer your question again. Uh, another reason I think Bergeron may have gone out of his way to show his support for Don Sweeney is because I think Don Sweeney took a lot of heat from myself included when when Cassidy was first fired it it looked pretty obvious that Cassidy was the scapegoat which I think he still was a little bit but I think that it's becoming apparent to me now that I don't I'm not sold that Don Sweeney was going to fire Bruce Cassidy and that that was the point that was the whole point of my my rants like like a few minutes ago I don't think Don Sweeney was this villain that I and others portrayed him to be in that moment. I do think he was heavily influenced to do so. And so I think Bergeron knows that. I think Bergeron understands and recognizes that, look, Don just took the, and again, this is coming from somebody who I, I was ruthless to Don Sweeney over the Cassidy thing. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, pandering to Don Sweeney or management. Like I, I, it doesn't take me much to get pissed off at them, but I think that Don Sweeney just gen, I think, I think he genuinely took some, some transparent feedback in the exit interviews with the players and said to himself and to Cam, look, this is what they're saying. I'm kind of like, I think I have to do something here. And we all on the outside looking in were like, well, Don just Don just threw Sweeney under the, I mean, um, Cassidy under the bus because if it's not Bruce, it's Don that's going to be going to be fired. But I think Bergeron recognizes that's not how it went down. I think I think Sweeney was just kind of representing his players in a, in a sense, and we all out lashed out at Sweeney when maybe some of our our frustration may have been with some some of the players and uh, I think I think Bergeron was going out of his way to say uh to 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 support Don cuz he knows that it was kind of Don maybe doing some of the players dirty work. Yeah, and and it's kind of I don't know if this just comes into my head now because I've been working on so many of the Red Sox broadcasts but the the Red Sox just came up and, and they're having, you know, issues with Heim Bloom and players have absolutely from the Red Sox have absolutely not been saying any public statements about, you know, I believe in management and I believe in Heim Bloom to, you know, make us even before the trade deadline, which just ended in the MLB guys were like, Oh, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to be a seller, a buyer or whatever. At least I feel like Bergeron and the Bruins know that Don Sweeney is absolutely going to go all in on this season. They don't have to worry. You know, is this going to be uh, you know, is he going to make the right moves at the deadline is the goal to win a Stanley Cup. The goal is absolutely to win a Stanley Cup. The identity of the team is known. Um, there's no question as to whether or not Don Sweeney's going to go for it with this group, um, whether it be the last time, you know, maybe the last dance, one last go around with Bergeron and Krejci before, you know, the organization has to deal with uh, a rebuild or at least a retool, whatever you, however you want to look at it. Um, it helps going into the season that the players for the Bruins, unlike the players from the Red Sox this year, uh, know that the GM, their GM is is in the same mindset as them. We're going for it this year. 
Yeah, no, and, and I don't think there's any doubt that uh, that they should have been going for it. It, it was just it was a matter of if they could re-sign Bergeron and Krejci. If they couldn't re-sign them, or if they didn't want to return return to action, like I saw somebody earlier, I forget who it was, but somebody said that uh, like there were a lot of fans that's, that that didn't want the Bruins to re-sign Bergeron and Krejci and they wanted them to tank. And maybe there were fans out there that, that were saying that. I personally have not talked to any of those people. Me, no, me, me neither. The, what I saw out there was people saying, if... Bergeron and Krejci don't return, then you have to think about it. Um, yeah. Not if I don't think maybe there were some idiots that were saying I'd rather them tank than not have those guys return. For me, it was no, no. I want them to return and take another run at it. It was if they don't return, now you have to have a, an honest conversation with yourself. And and um, but regardless, they have they are returning now, and I think that when this team is healthy around Thanksgiving, fully healthy, assuming that, no, knock on wood, nobody else gets injured and before Marsha and McAvoy coming back. Um, this team is this team is deep. Like I said, you add Krejci into this mix. The Bruins had 107 points last year. You're adding a tr- – and I know he's been out of the NHL for a year, but he's still a great player. And in fact, at his age, maybe it was better if that he wasn't – speed was never Krejci's game, so it's not like that's going to hurt him. And maybe the fact that he didn't go through an 82-game season grind last year in the playoffs, it might help him. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I, I agree with that. It could it could prove beneficial. He wasn't getting whacked by Tom Wilson or, right. you know, you, you need some someone lining him up, NHL guys lining him up. Not that the Czech League is, you know, like a lighter league, but European-style hockey is a little different. And, um, yeah, he— too. Wasn't he? He wasn't playing this. It's not the same thing as playing an NHL season. So yeah, we're we're you could look at it both ways. You could look at it like you know he hasn't been playing NHL caliber talent, um, except for maybe when he actually not even in the Olympics, but he was playing a little bit of international hockey. Um, I guess it. And after the NHL season, he was out there playing with Pasternak for a little bit. Um, but so he he had a little bit of time to play um recently against nhl caliber guys but um in the international game and you could look at it oh is he going to be ready to play against nhl guys again or is he or but you could also look at it on the upside of of rest i personally don't think we're going to see too much of a step back in his game just because like we mentioned previously and you just said not the style that he plays so um not I don't see that going as as an issue. I haven't heard many people really that, that I don't I haven't heard any people really that think that um besides, you know, offhanded fan sure. who probably didn't like Krejci in the first place right. being like, "Oh, you know, he's an old man, we need to get younger at center." And I, I had this argument with someone and I was like, "Really? What what is that going to do for them this year? It's not well, going to do anything for them this year." Krejci's also he's also a better center option than most of the guys that entered free agency anyway this this season. So like Look, I mean, I here here's some... would, would would you take I mean, ask a Burns fan, would you take David Krejci over Nazem Kadri? Most people would say yes. And well, but for, that might be biased uh, because they don't like Nazem Kadri, but Well, I, I would take Krejci out for uh for a million in a year than Kadri for, you know, 8 and not, not 8 million yeah, or 8 years for absolutely. 9 million. Absolutely. Not happening. But you know, he, so like I said, last year the Bruins were a 107 point team, and I certainly think that they had their ceiling and it wasn't a cup. I saw that the entire time, even though the Bruins were a strong team, they just never had that that they never had that elite top six. And I know Eric Halla figured it out later on in the season, but he still wasn't he wasn't a bona fide number two center. So going into this year, not only do you add Krejci back into your top six, and he's like a he's a real 
bona fide number two center in this league. But you also get a full year of presumably Taylor Hall, David Krejci, and David Pashnak, which you didn't have that dynamic last year. That line together all year, if they can, you know, prove that they should be together, will be that that they didn't have that last year. And, you know, I think Pavel Zaka on your third line is an upgrade over Trent Frederick, who was on your third line much of last year. So it was Nick Foligno. Like, and also, like, I, I've said it before, like, I, I do expect Fabian Lysel to creep in at some point somewhere. And you have a full season of Hampus Lindholm. So I just think that... Full season of Hampus Lindholm and Swayman, Jeremy Swayman, you know, has more NHL experience now. He's playoff experience now. You hope that can help him. So, you know, you don't have a rookie goalie as, as one of your your main guys in net. Um, so, I, I don't know. I think they're in a much better situation this year than, than yeah. where they ended up last year. I think I think most I think most years in the NHL, you have like you have like five teams that that like going into the year, you're like, yeah, they're gonna be like a contender. They should be a contender. But like, I don't. I gotta be honest. A lot of the contenders from last year, including the Avalanche who won the cup, nobody, none of the contenders from last year have gotten better in the offseason. Um, the Bruins were a team that got worse in the offseason until now. Now the Bruins have gotten better this offseason. So, like, I just think, I think you're going to have a, you're probably going to have, like, 10 to 15 teams this year that, like, might not be, like, emerge as a true contender because they're all just kind of, like, even. Like, I, I think it's going to be anybody's game. I th- you might have one or two teams at the end of the season, like, emerge. But Florida got worse. We talked about it last week with Scott. Like, Tampa's fallen back. They, you know, they lost some key players. Um, Florida, is, they, they had a dynamite season last year. They, they got, you know, swept in the second round or the first round, whatever the hell it was. I don't even know. But my point is, um, the, like, the Bruins might not be the odd, the, the betting favorite going into the year, but they are going to have a, a shot to, to do some damage um, if all goes At the well. very least, and, and at the very least, I think this is a more entertaining team. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Once you get your key guys back, I think this is a more entertaining team. I'd much rather see Taylor Hall play next to Dave Krejci than Eric Halla. Uh, yep. I I think that there's a lot of potential there for that to be one of the most entertaining lines in the NHL when you put Pasternak, Krejci, and Hall together. So, yep. as like from a fan point of view, I want to watch that. Rather, yes. you know what I mean? Like exactly. that's something that I would pay to go watch. I don't have to. <laughs> Because I have a press pass, but <laughs> but yeah. you know that's something that's going to be more fun for people to watch. I I I think that as a whole, the team is going to be a more entertaining team, which usually means uh, they're a team that's going to put up better numbers, a team that's going to um, you know make a make a playoff run, end up you know probably my guess out not in the wild card this year, potentially could get that three spot. Um, yeah. Could end up in, in the wild card still just because of how we mentioned that the top part of the east is relatively even and it could shake out however you know however it shakes out and it doesn't necessarily mean anything because it you just determine it in the yeah. playoffs it, it doesn't really matter who you no. s- start out playing against um it's not like this year where you definitely did not want to draw the abs first <laughs> right, right. uh it's not it's not about the draw so yeah i think the the fact that it's an entertaining team also just means it's you know that's gonna mean more scoring uh and you know maybe a better finish uh once when all said and done in the regular season standings yeah and as far as regular season standings go like for me like 
the the total points you end up with does not tell me what your playoff ceiling is. For example, last year the Bruins finished with 107 points. But I didn't think that their ceiling was a Stanley Cup. I thought that their ceiling was like second round. Okay, fine. If the Bruins, if this Bruins team, that in my opinion is better on paper, finishes the year with 101 points, does that mean I think that they have less of a chance than last year because they finished with less points? Absolutely not. It's no, about, especially it's, especially think about how most of their important, most of what you're gonna see that's gonna let you know is gonna happen after that first month. So you you could see the Bruins in a hole that they have to dig out of, but what they're playing like in the last month or two of the season is going to be what shows you. It's not going to have anything to do with the points that they, yeah. you know, they end up with in the standings. So yeah, I get your point. Yeah. I mean, simply put, like they're more, th- this team already with a full year of Lindholm and you add Krejci and you add Zaka and, you know, again, somebody could emerge like a Lysel. On paper, this team is already more capable. Capable is the key word. That doesn't mean that they're a favorite. It doesn't mean that, you know, whatever. It just means that they're more capable of of, of, of being successful. Uh, now, they have to, you know, they have, they have to find a way to um, not get pushed around uh, in the playoffs at times. That still needs to be figured out. But re- regardless, right now, on paper, this team is more capable. Another important thing that has emerged, Bridget, with these two signings is You've bought another year. And, you know, this, the Bruins next year finally, as of right now, are back in the first round of the NHL draft. Um, and what people are talking about is how the upcoming NHL draft next summer is far, far deeper than what was just hap- uh, what just happened in June. So, you know, my point is the Bruins, they'll have their own first round pick, but also... They can find somebody in the second round that could end up being a franchise player. We don't know. Like Krejci, Bergeron, Marshan, Lucic, like all these guys um, that were a part of the Bruins championship core, none of those guys were were first rounders. So that's good news. You've bought you've bought another year of competitiveness, real competitiveness, um, with these two with these two signings today, three if you include Zaka, but you know, the first two. Um And and the main reason why why this isn't a lot of times, okay, just think about it this way. A team needs to sign a first and a second line center. Usually, if you're actually trying to sign two good, like, decent, you know, NHL level, like, first, like, bona fide first line and second line center, you're mortgaging your future. Right. The Bruins didn't have to do that. So, like, right. they they got out in a lot of ways, more ways than one. They were able to salvage this season and salvage you know, they didn't have to trade anyone. They didn't have any to give up any draft picks. So they're able to, because of Krejci and Bergeron coming back on these team-friendly deals, salvage those assets, uh, keep them for the future. Like you mentioned, no need to give away any of the, you know, first, second round draft picks in the upcoming years. And, um, you know, it, it, it's helped the team now and in the future, like we mentioned, it, it gives them more time to rebuild and it gives them those assets that they're able to keep rather than, um, you know, if they were looking to acquire one by, through trade. No, exactly, exactly. It's a great point. And, um, you know, I think right now, first of all, there's still more dominoes to fall when it comes to the 2022-2023 Bruins. Um, there's going to be some personnel changes at some point uh, we just aren't aware of right now. But the only the only hindrance that these moves today had 
Um, the only quote-unquote mortgaging of the future that you referenced that there really isn't any is the four and a half million dollars that will of, of bonus money that will go against the cap next year for the Bruins. Now, um, which is basically like one middle six contract, essentially is right. what that would add up to. That's a, that's a good way to put it. And on that note, like somebody who who I believe is. Uh, a UFA after this season would be a Craig Smith. I don't have I don't have cap friendly in front of me, so I don't know uh, right now. But the Bruins, have... yeah, he's he up at, at the end of the season. He's okay. an unrestricted so, free agent. So there you go. So like, the Bruins are probably looking at it like, all right, so we're gonna have we won't be you know we'll let Craig Smith walk after the year, and I'm, there might be a couple. <laughs> most, other guys. I mean, really, honestly, Brian, most of the team is UFAs after the season, including oh. David Fosternock. Like there's only <laughs> a few guys that aren't unrestricted free agents at the end of the season, like Marshawn, Taylor Hall, Charlie Cole, and Jake DeBrusque. And that's really it. And then Trent Frederick is a restricted free agent. And then pretty much the rest of the forward group is unrestricted okay. free agents at the end of the well, season. Okay. So if that's the case, you probably won't be able to name me a guy that's that important. Like, if you're telling me it's like Craig Smith and Nosek and Fel- like who who else up front is an unrestricted free agent next yeah, year? Yeah, Nick Foligno, Pavel Zaka, Craig Smith, Tom- Tomas Nosek. Yeah, those are all guys I mean, that are going to be unrestricted. The future, the future of the Boston Bruins is not relying on any one of those guys. And it's like I've said to you and Scott before. Like, this is why drafting and developing is very important. It, it's very People like to think about like like high end caliber players that you draft and develop that help your team, and of course that's important. But like, I always talk about how drafting and developing is so important when it comes to your bottom six because you're just you're able to have those guys if you can draft them and develop them and develop them they're gonna be like a revolving door of just like you know two to three years of entry level deals and they they're replaceable. Bottom six guys. Yeah, you're are talking replaced. about contracts that are. South of two million yeah. a year, you and you're not paying. talking about signing Nick Felino to a right. three point eight million dollar contract. Right. You, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. You want, look. You want to. You want to go out at a deadline and sign a bona fide, you know, third line center or scorer or winger. Sure, you want to go out there and sign a bona fide fourth line grinder who will put guys through the boards. Like, fine, I guess. But like, your bottom six for the most part, like you shouldn't have to pay for that in the open market because it's the most competitive place to get players. Like. You should be able to draft and develop a you know a fourth line easy enough where you, like you draft them, they get to the NHL, you you get them on an entry level deal, whatever, and then if they if they if their contract is up and they're a free agent and somebody wants to outbid you, fine. But while they're playing for you in that entry level deal, you should be drafting and developing their replacements, and that way you can continually spend your money at the top of the lineup where it needs to be spent, and whatever. So my anyway, so right now that that's how the Bruins are looking at this. So like uh, look, we just. We're going to spend this money for Bergeron and Krejci and bonuses, and next year we won't be able to sign No Second Smith or whomever. Fine, it's not going to. That's not going to hurt the Bruins. At that point, you'll have some guys coming up that are ready to play. Oscar Steen should be good to go next year. Fabian Lysa, without a doubt, will be a full-time NHLer, um, if not at one point this year, next year. So like, you'll have him and 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 Johnny Beecher. Like you have guys coming up. So that that really won't hinder them. To your point earlier, like they, they haven't jeopardized the future of this team. Um, with these specific deals, obviously long term, at center is still a mystery. But you know what? I've learned Bridget, that's their own fault. That's not you know they, yeah. they got the help that they needed. Uh, they they could have been you know grooming a center this whole time. But a hundred percent, we know how that's gone. A hundred percent. But you know what though? Here here's here's what I'll say. It's Don Sweeney's job. It was Peter Sorelli's job before him 
to look at the team in the here and now and long term. And you know what? If they haven't been looking long term, then why the hell should you and I look long term? I'm just gonna enjoy. <laughs> I'm sick of I'm sick of looking long term more than the than the management is. I'm gonna enjoy this season for what it is um, while we can. Because you know what? If this really is Bergeron's last year now, um, which if it is, we'll be a lot more prepared for it. Uh, this very well could be Krejci's last hurrah. Like they they might they might sign another one year deal next year, but. If they don't, yeah. By the which, by the way, just a housekeeping note: Bergeron would not answer a question when asked. Um, you know, is this? Are you sure? Like, have you decided if this is your last year? I, no one expected him to say yes. This is for sure my last year because, as you see with someone like Tom Brady, you could retire and then feel like maybe you shouldn't have retired, and then you know, like you're not going to say that beforehand. And then players go into the season knowing that more than likely, or like you know, there's at least probably above a 50% chance that yeah. he retires. So we're going to do this for him. That was the mentality last season. So, um, you know, I think by not saying anything either way, like, yeah, he, he wasn't, he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to say it. And either way players know, uh, this is probably at least our last decent chance. Even if he does come back, everybody comes back a year older, you know, um, the next season and like we mentioned Bergeron and Krejci they're probably going to go on one year deals the rest of their career yeah. um they're not going to be signing anything extended um if their careers go past this season mm -hmm. uh, that was one housekeeping note was that he wouldn't say that not that anyone yeah real when he was asked I don't think that you know they were expecting a real answer anyway uh but a few other things he did give an update on his elbow so if you guys remember it feels like a long time ago the summer has somehow like gone by super slow but also fast like we're already in august but anyway this feels like a long time ago but um bergeron got shoulder surgery um he gave an update on that apparently he's mostly just been um working on his uh conditioning throughout this off season he said that this upcoming week he's finally going to be working on shooting so he hasn't actually really been doing anything like hockey wise like he hasn't been shooting pucks he hasn't been able to do anything physical yet but mostly been working on edge work and conditioning is what he told us so that's going to start ramping up for him this week he says everything's on on pace um, for him to be ready for, you know, the start of practices and training camp and preseason. So um, according to him, everything's all good um, health wise and he hasn't had any setbacks. So I know it kind of sounds crazy that he hasn't been shooting the puck at all, but that was just part of the way that um, training, the training staff wanted him to handle his recovery. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. And um, certainly, certainly they'll need him. I mean, they're going to need him. They're going to need him. They're going to need Krejci. Um, they're going to need all hands on deck to to get through the first month and a half without two of the best players at their position in the league, in McAvoy and, and Marchand. Um, but it's great. It's it, it's it's awesome that he's back for another year. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be totally surprised if he came back next year to do a twentieth season and then call it at a clean twenty. But look, one year at a time. As far as Krejci goes, you could you could pull a Tom Brady and every single season just keep going and going well, he, and going and going and going. Keeps, if he keeps winning Selkie trophies and being a Selkie nominee until the day he retires, like then that's just it's incredible. As far as Krejci goes, like in my in my world, he he retired from the NHL a year ago. Like I I was not sold that we were ever going to see him again in Boston. So I've already yeah. I've already like coped with that. 
and now it's just kind of gravy that he's back. Um, and so now we've we've already we've already when it comes to Bergeron, he 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 earns everything that he's gotten, and he'll if he if he drop, decides to lace him up after or hang him up after this year, like we won't be surprised, we won't be caught off guard, and he'll you know he can go off into the sunset. Um, and like I said, we already thought Krejci was done with the Bruins, so the fact that we get these guys for this coming year, still playing at a high level, I'm just gonna enjoy it because you know I was watching I was watching these players as a kid, and you know. I was going to say, it's Brian, like, when Krejci retired last year, it made me feel really old because, like, one of one of the original players that, you know, like, everybody has an original favorite player. And for whatever reason, that was Krejci for me. Yeah. And when he, re- like, semi-retired, you know, decided to keep playing but not in the NHL, it made me feel really old. And now I'm like, oh, my God, maybe I'm young again. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. this whole year, it's it's almost my birthday. I'm turning 28. The whole year of 27, I went through like, wow, I'm old. I'm getting old. You know, the, the guys I grew up watching are leaving the league. Yep. Um, and, you know, they're they're aging and we're hearing all this talk. Well, who's retiring next? And now I can go through 28 and be yeah. like, guys, Krejci's back. I'm totally yep. fine. Like I'm young again. You know, he's still in the league and you know, we still got Sidney Crosby. We still got yep. <laughs> these guys exactly. aren't giving up on us yet. And so exactly. I'll hold on to that shred of uh, youth. It's so, it's, it's so true. I felt, I felt the same way. It's like, it's like, it's like I, I was, I was literally in elementary school, like watching Bergeron. Um, so like now it, it's it, You're so right. It's gone from like, God damn it. Like we're getting old here to like, oh wow, these guys, these guys that are seven years, seven eight years old, they're still playing. So, hey, you know what? Maybe we're not that old. They're still, they're still pro players, but it shouldn't affect my own <laughs> mental psyche. But it somehow it does. does. It does. It does. Like you'll see somebody who's like a like a ninety nine birth year. The, the media would be like, so it's like it's it's your fifth fifth year in the league. How does it feel to be like a to be a young veteran? And they're just like, oh yeah, I feel it's like. Somebody who's born in 98, 99 is like a young NHL veteran now. It's like, what the hell is going on? I mean, I but know. whatever. Um, we get we get we get to, we get to stay kids for for at least one more season. So that's that's all that matters. Yeah, that's that was the my my main takeaway actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm t- you're not wrong. I, I I know exactly what you mean. Now Scott, on the other hand, he felt he felt old when Bork retired, but you know. Aside, aside that's because that's because we're the youngins. We're the young veterans on this podcast, right? I actually, I actually, I don't think Scott's I don't, I, Scott's I don't, the captain. I don't think I don't think he's uh I don't think he's actually that much older than us. I don't I don't even know honestly. Sorry, Scott. We have no idea how old you are. You we know just, what? That's the last time you're gonna go to Europe, Scott. If next time you go, <laughs> we're gonna chirp you every about your age. Yeah, I said I was joking earlier in the group chat, like. Brian was like, oh, we knew it was going to happen when Scott was gone. I was like, yeah, it's because Scott took like a month vacation. <laughs> it's two weeks, but still, it's like we knew the news was going to come. Uh, you you would have thought it would have been a quiet August, but it turned out to not be. So, nope. I mean, I guess that's good for Bruins fans and that's good for us. Yeah. No, and, like, and like you said earlier on in the in the in the, in the recording, like a couple more, couple more weeks and, I, and, you know, they're off to they're off to training camp. Um, and then preseason in September, and then the regular season is back on track for an, an October start. So, in the meantime, we get some we get some NFL preseason to keep us busy. Sports are finally coming back, and it's it's still hot out, but the dog days of summer they're slowly starting to to be be behind us. So, yeah, let's 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 hope no more COVID seasons too. 
There's last season we still had a few setbacks with that. Like I'm fingers crossed on like having a regular season without like I I'll never forget this, maybe because I'm still mad about it, but uh you know in December, the end of December, Bruins had to take off oh a, a week or whatever, didn't go to Montreal. Like we're let's hope no more the game cancellations from COVID. Uh, that way, this time I do get to go to Montreal. Me and Scott <laughs> get yep. to go up to the Bell Center or something like that. We don't want to see any issues come across this season. I'm I'm optimistic that we don't see that. I'll pay my I'll pay my own way if you guys want to go up for a game. Hell yeah, I'd be down. Skate pod in Montreal. That'd be dangerous, Brian. I was gonna get us a beer tower. I don't know if Scott knows this, but we were we we're gonna need your help finishing a beer tower up there. I think after his week, after after his month hiatus in Europe, I think Scott will be able to take it down himself when he comes back. Yeah, home. I don't actually. His liver might not be too hot for that yeah. after uh, drinking his way through Scotland and Ireland, <laughs> which is where he is right now. By the way, he texted us a picture of his beer because <laughs> I said, "How how you doing, Scott? You buzzing?" And he sent me a picture of a beer, and that was it. <laughs> so I guess he's buzzing. All right. Well. Um... We're going to buzz and out of here unless you have anything else you want to yeah, go Yeah, no, time for us to grab a beer, huh? Yeah, okay. All right, well, thank you for listening, and we'll be back for episode 105 very, very soon.